Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm Jim Oliver, your host. And with me today, I have a very special guest, Kristen Tabbert. Kristen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. And, you know, Kristen is in that coaching space and has done a lot of other stuff. But and she has some really interesting perspectives on um, a couple of topics that we want to reach today. But Kristen, tell everybody just a little bit about your background and, and a little bit about you, where you live and and all of that. All right. So my background starts in college. I um, actually thought I wanted to be a psychologist and I had to take a, an organizational psychology class that nearly ended my my academic career and decided, oh, and when therapists only make not very much money a year, I decided I was going to go the business route and get a business degree and and make money there. So I went into sales, found out I was very good at sales and hated it with a passion. And I could never quite reconcile how you could be good at something that you really despise. So if I could find something that I really was passionate about, how well could I do? And um, through a series of events with uh, my husband, Michael Lennington, and their company, um, I stepped into a role where I realized that uh, although we teach planning concepts, people really struggle with how to write plans, let alone execute them. So I stepped into a role of really helping people to write really clear and concise plans and realized very quickly that in doing that, it wasn't the plan that was actually the problem with them. It was having a coach alongside of them to help them execute those plans and have an accountability partner and, and really strive for that higher level of accountability. So as soon as I identified that, I went back to school. I got some coaching certifications and um, realized very quickly that coaching and psychology do go nicely together. Um, so that is where I'm at today. And about 12 years ago, I started my own coaching company and have not regretted it for a moment. That's awesome. You know, I've, I've been a fan of coaching for a long time in business. You know, there's, there's a lot of things out there. Like Tony Robbins says, find somebody that, you know, has what you want and do what they did. There's, you know, there's mentoring, but then there's coaches and coaches and mentors in my mind are a lot different, but coach, when I, I used to coach football, baseball and, and wrestling and, I always thought my goal was to get the person to perform at the level that I, that I knew that they could perform at, but they didn't know that they could yet. So it doesn't really, you know, like even if it's, you know, pop Warner football, um, you know, the, the coaching is really to get you to the next level. So is that why most people come to coaching or do you think that they have a, a different view? Maybe. And, and I think the, the, the end answer to that is yes. And I'm going to say, but, and negate what I just said, because I think when most people start to engage in a coaching relationship, it's because there's something that's disconnected in their personal life, their professional life. They're recognizing that there is potential there, but they're not quite sure how to get to that potential. And so 
what I have discovered is most times when I, I have an initial conversation with a prospect is that they're coming because they think they should do something, something different. And, and they're trying to approach everything from a, I should do this or I have to do this. So my, my first question is them is, why do you think you should? And why aren't you saying, I want to do this? Because if you want to do it, that's a whole different conversation. And the accountability partnership is going to be completely different. And so, you know, I, I do think people seek out coaching for an initial reason to get better and to, to try to recognize what their full potential can be and then bridge that gap between what they think they can be and where they're at right now. But I think along the way, they really, really um, confront what it is that they're really struggling with and then come to the conclusion that I don't want to live life like I should, but I want to live life the way I want. Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I always think of accountability. uh, The ultimate accountability is the scale. Like if you're trying to lose weight, and you don't get on the scale, well, then, you know, you could, you can fool yourself and saying, well, my clothes seem like they're fitting a little bit looser than they were. But what happens is two or three weeks, two or three months down the road, you get on the scale and you went, uh oh. But when you have the accountability, whether that's every day you're weighing yourself or every week or whatever it is, you know that, you know, that you're going to be accountable. And so, you know, talk a little bit about, people's reaction to accountability, the resistance or oh, absolutely. You hear the word accountability and society in general looks at accountability as negative consequences. You hear all over the news, you hear your friends, you hear people all day long say, we need to hold some accountable. You need to be accountable too. And that implies that there's a negative outcome to that, that there's, there's a set of consequences that are being imposed with a, a, an action that's been taken. And we don't look at accountability like that. We look at accountability as, as ownership, that being accountable to yourself, being accountable to your actions and confronting breakdowns in those areas to get better. And actually, we've kind of even flipped that term and changed it to um, if you're in a, an accountability relationship, instead of trying to hold people accountable, we talk about holding people capable, and that goes back to that, that you, we all know, we all have potential, we all have infinite possibilities in our life, but, but what's the difference between people who, who have these great successes, and success is relative to you, and, and other people who just do the same thing day after day after day, expecting different results? So what's the difference? It's the accountability piece. It's the ownership piece. And it's recognizing that in order to get to where I want to be, I have to start from where I stand and I have to look at that gap. And and you use the analogy of the scale. So if you decide you want to lose weight and your goal is to lose 50 pounds, you can't just will 50 pounds off in a few days. Those pounds are going to come off in ounces. And so most people don't approach life like that. First of all, they don't have a plan. They just have an idea but no clear-cut plan to get there and, and no help along the way to get there. And people don't like to recognize small successes. They think that success equals when you have the perfect job or the perfect house or you've, you've won that race and gotten that gold medal, and it doesn't work like that. Success happens the moment you decide to take action. 
Greatness happens in that moment. All those outcomes are just validity of the work that you did to get there. So that makes a lot of sense, what you just said there at the end. So like, let's say, I, I don't know how we got on this, uh, on this weight loss scale thing. I guess that was my fault. But, but let's just use that, keep that analogy. And let's use um, your example of 50 pounds. So I've, I've done this in my life and I've had success losing weight and I've struggled uh, losing weight. And, and to me, the difference is when I decide that that's what I'm going to do, like, and this is, this is reinforcing what you just said, but if I say I'm going to do it, which means I'm going to bring in this many calories, I'm not going to eat after six or whatever my plan is, right? But when I just say I would rather have be 50 pounds lighter than have the things that are keeping me from being 50 pounds. So talk about maybe that, like that commitment or that decision, just like you did, like what's the difference between somebody saying, well, I'd like to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to start exercising more and I'm going to eat a little bit less. And then the person that says, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. What's, what's the difference in that? It's interest versus commitment. Interesting. I like that. So explain that. So if you're interested in something, you will do what it takes to get outcomes for a while until the the upfront cost of doing those things become too hard or or too high. So if we go back to the weight loss again, I want to lose weight. And I know that in order to lose weight, I have to limit calories. I have to exercise, you know, probably have to give up really good tasting stuff with loads of sugar in it. And for a day or a week or maybe even a month or maybe even six months, you can do that. But then, you know, it's hot, it's 90 degrees out, you're taking a walk and there's an ice cream stand and wouldn't ice cream on a hot day be great. If you're interested in something, you'll give in to the desire to have that ice cream. If you're committed to it, if you own it, you will walk by that ice cream stand and just keep going. And so it's knowing that there is an upfront cost to the outcomes that you want to achieve and mentally preparing yourself and, and paying that cost before you ever start the plan to get there. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. So let's say that somebody, cause there's a lot of people in this, audience that maybe they want to be in real estate investing or they want to start their own business or they want to kind of get out of the rat race, right? They don't want to be an employee anymore. They want to, uh, they want to be their own boss. And, and like I said, get out of the rat race, find assets. And, you know, we, the podcast is break away wealth, meaning break away from the herd. So for somebody to break away from the herd, we'll change up our analogy. Talk to me about what somebody thinks if they're interested in breaking away and being an entrepreneur or a business owner, and then somebody who's committed. What would their actions kind of look like? How would it be different? It's almost burning the boat. You almost have to eliminate any safety nets to be just interested in something. You have to set yourself up for success to be committed continually to do those things day to day. Now, you know, it, when you talk about leaving the security of a job and, and, and going into the arena that you were just talking about, that can be incredibly scary. And so oftentimes what we'll do is we will unconsciously or consciously 
keep a safety net or a back door there that, you know, well, just in case this doesn't work out, I'll still have this to go back to. I can go back to what's comfortable, back to what I know. And if you really want to be committed to change and change is hard and it's really uncomfortable and it's really uncertain, you have to set yourself up for, for success in that. And so it's almost, you know, like I said, it's almost burning the boat so that you only have that course of action moving forward. You can't go back to that, that comfortable area. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, you know, I think also, you know, for me, when I've been in that situation, I have to like visualize the end game. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this business. What's the end game? Is it that it's going to provide me with cash flow for the rest of my life? Is it that I'm going to build the business and then sell it? You know, what, what's the end game? And once I can see that end game or that vision of what success looks like, then I can get committed. So is there a way that if somebody's just interested through coaching, you can get them committed? You said a very powerful word, and it is the genesis and the basis and the end of everything that you just said, and it is vision. It's that big, compelling why. It's why you get out of bed in the morning. It's why you take risk. It's why you try to move things along. It's what tips the scales to commitment and, and keeps you from going back to what you're interested in. When um, I started this coaching business, as I said in the introduction, I was in sales and I was in a very lucrative sales position. I was lucky enough that just my renewals alone uh, back in the early 90s, the renewals themselves were generating over $100,000 in income for me. So anything new that I sold was just icing on the cake. And um, like I said, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. There's, it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't satisfying. Materialistically, it would get me to some things I wanted to achieve in my life. But I felt kind of emotionally bankrupt when I went to, to work every day. And when I stepped into this coaching role and I developed my own, started my own coaching business, that very first year, Jim, I made $6,000. That's uh-uh. a big, big gap between, you know, um, what, I was, what I was doing and, and what I was making. But I tell people that was just the beginning and it was the happiest $6,000 I ever made in my life. And I right. never looked back. And that $6,000 to some would have been like, holy, you know what, I'm going back to what's comfortable. I'm going back to that six-figure paycheck. But for me, it represented success in, in the first step of freedom and a life that I was really looking to build and not be chained to, to others or a desk. You know, it's, it, I could be anything I wanted to be at that point, and it was up to me to just take the steps to do it. Yeah, and it's always that first step that's the, that, that's the hardest. And you know, um, I think that sometimes when you have a coach or a guide, it gives you that confidence because, um, you know, the guide's going to help keep you on track. So if you have that pizza right in the middle of your first week of trying to lose weight, you know, you could just say, well, I, I screwed that up. I failed. I guess I'm not going to lose the weight. Or the coach kind of gets you around that and talks to you. You know, it's after a loss. You know, the coach's job after a loss is to motivate the team to not lose the next game, you know? And I think that that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, Kristen, um, tell everybody that the title of your, you guys have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. 
So the podcast is The Aligned Life Pro, and the name and the concept came out of recognizing that we've got many facets of our lives that some things are really working well and other things are chugging along but may not necessarily be healthy. We started having these discussions around if if you could line up all the aspects of your life, both professional and personal, how much more optimal can you be? So if you, you think about if you've got a back problem, if you've got a disc that's slightly out of alignment, you may not know that it's out of alignment, but problems from that are going to show up in other areas. You could have a headache, you could have a sore hip. And that's the same thing with the business. If, if there are things and in your personal life, and if there are things that are just slightly off kilter, if you will, um, maybe, you know, a little bit, it, it won't matter, but eventually there's going to be some, some pain and some damage that if you don't pay attention to. So that's where the Aligned Life Pro was born. And so the podcast is designed to give you nuggets of information to help you take charge in your life and to take ownership in your life and to take steps in your life. You're not, you're not going to get from point A to point Z with just one tactic. It's going to take small steps and celebrating those small steps and those successes along the way. And that's, that's what we want to do. We want to help people get aligned and be optimal. That's awesome. Now, recently you had an episode and you talked about the magenta line. And I, I want you to share that concept. And um, obviously, uh, people want to hear more about this. They can, they can go and listen to the episode and we can put that in the show notes. Um, but talk a little bit about that concept. So this concept developed, um, the show concept developed because of your partner, Nick. And we were having conversations about um, why we drift day to day in our business. And he started talking about, you know, as a pilot, we have this thing called the magenta lines, and that is the most optimal course that the plane can fly from where they took off to what their destination is going to be. But along that magenta line, there's an eight mile wide path that that plane needs to stay in for four to the left and four to the right, four miles. But where you really want to be is even if you drift a little bit, that magenta line is that, that focus that you want to stay on and it's going to create the most optimal flight pattern that, that you can achieve. And I started to think about that and how that translates in the business. And it got me really excited because there is so many aspects of our day-to-day business and how we plan and how we execute that goes really nicely in alignment with pilot and how they fly that plane. And so um, I look at if you have a great idea, you know, that's one thing, but that's, that's worthless unless you execute. So how do you execute those great ideas? Well, sometimes it's just taking action, but action without plan, it can be chaos as well. And so the plan in my mind is that magenta line. You know, if you, if you follow that magenta line, your plan is going to get you where you want to be. You may drift a little bit, but you'll have tools and systems with this plan that's going to help you minimize the drift and optimize the, the path forward. Yeah, that's really cool. There, I was trying to think there's a, there's a poem that talks about if there's a straight path, right? And, mm-hmm. I, and I can't remember the name of the poem, but I can't even remember the words in the poem. But the, the concept was there's this straight path from A to, to B. So just like you said, a gentle line. And once you vary from that, 
then that's never your path again because it can't be from A to B exactly along that straight line. So your path is never that straight line again. Well, it's okay because if we think that it's life is from A to Z, like you said, it's never like that. I mean, yeah. it, and, and really the, the trick is getting back to, like you said, the magenta line. So we all get off track left or right. Don't get too far or then, you know, we really have problems, but, but, you know, it's always getting back to that bearing. That's, Absolutely. Uh, I really like that. Uh, I really like that visual and that concept. Um, that's cool. Um, I have not listened to the episode, but I'm going to because now I'm uh, I'm very uh, interested in what uh, what you guys are talking about there. And uh, I think you guys do a great job with the podcast. And obviously, we've had uh, Michael and Mike on on the show, and uh, your partners and that. And Nick Nick Costco is always good for a pilot analogy. He doesn't yes, like my pilot analogies. I guess they don't make sense uh, since I'm not a pilot, but probably not <laughs> talk about how somebody gets started. Like what do they email you and say, Hey, I'm interested in learning more about your coaching. Do they, what's the process for that? Um, yeah, typically they'll email me or they'll call me and my, um, initial conversations with them. I, I do things a little bit differently than most, most coaches do, Jim. If somebody reaches out and says they want to spend some time with me and learn about my coaching program, I don't want to just tell them what the products and the benefits and the features are. I ask them to just come to an hour with me with a problem that they're struggling with. It could be professional. It could be personal. It could be a little bit of both and, and why they're not getting the results that they want to get. So basically I do an ad hoc coaching session yep. with them and the, you know, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, if they find value in that and they get information that they can take away and just take one step on, then, you know, that's, that's success for me. And um, it also tells me if they're going to be interested in or committed in the coaching relationship as well, because they're coming because they're interested in learning more, but it's going to take real commitment to develop this relationship further and work on the things that they want to work on, because it's not about being friends. It's not about being nice to somebody. It's about telling somebody the truth, you know, and that's not easy to hear. And it can create defensiveness. It can create anger. It can create fear, but it's the biggest kindness that I can do for somebody is to confront what they're pretending not to know or help them to confront what they're pretending not to know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, being honest with yourself is one of the tricks, right? I mean, is if you're not honest with yourself, it's really hard to make progress. And uh, I was uh, listening to a book. Uh, I think it was, uh, I was re-listening to Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. And I think it was in that book, but he's, it was a really simple uh, description of happiness is making progress. And if you think about it, when you're making progress, then you are happy. I mean, sure, you might want to make faster progress or whatever, but when we're not making progress is when we're really unhappy. And I think, again, that's breaking away from the herd or being in the rat race is you were really unhappy in sales. And then when you broke away from that, then you started 
at 6000 6, for the year, and you made progress from there. And obviously, you're happy doing what you're doing. Um, so that, that definition of happiness, I've, I've, I, that's been stuck in my mind a little bit for the last couple of weeks. Well, and to that point, I think some people really struggle with what happiness for them means. I think they look at other people and say, I could just be happy if I had a house like that. I could be happy if I had a job like that. I could be happy if. And your happiness doesn't depend on those things. The happiness depends on you to take action to live that life the way you want it to be. You know, what does a life well lived look like? And it may not be those materialistic things. You've got to come to terms with what happiness is for you, not what you think other people's idea of happiness for you is. Yeah, that's a great point. So Kristen, what, what are, what's one, two or three books that, you know, have helped you kind of in your path that you'd recommend everybody read if they haven't read it? Well, obviously I'm going to tout the 12 week year by Michael Lennington and Brian Moran. And not just because my husband wrote the book, but because that, that, concept of short cycle execution is what started me on the path to my own coaching business. And um, it also pays the bills. So I'm very thankful for that as well. Um, The second book, um, it's my favorite book. I don't tell people, I I don't recommend it very often because it's, it's a tough book to read. And the first six or seven chapters are incredibly hard to get through. But it's a book called The Brain That Changes Itself. It's by Norman Doge. And I always get his name wrong. It's D-O-I-D-G-E. And it, it really digs into the aspects of our brain and how um, our brains are really plastic. You know, we can, neuroplasticity just fascinates me. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, research in this book that pinpoints to Alzheimer's patients improving, some things like that. And and I believe somewhere in the pages of that book, there will be the cure for Alzheimer's, the cure for autism, just because of of, of the plasticity of our brains. So it's it's a heavy reading book, but it's I love it. Um, and another book I like a lot is by Andy Andrews, and it's called The Bottom of the Pool. And I love it because it's just a whole different perspective on on how to to get different results. And and the story is based around how they used to play this game in a pool and called dolphin. And they would try to try to tread water and lift themselves out of the water. And whoever could lift out of the water the highest would be the winner. And one day he he did something differently instead of just starting from where he was and launching up, he went down to the bottom of the pool and launched off the bottom of the pool and just really propelled himself. So different way of doing things gets you different results. Andy Andrews, that's got to be a newer book because I went through an Andy Andrews phase and I read everything that he wrote. So, I mean, and by the way, that's probably, I, I lose track of the time of these things, but that's probably more than 10 years ago. So I'm sure he's written other yeah, things. Yeah, I think this one just came out in the last year. Um, okay. I'm going to, well, and, and it's always a good time to go back to Andy Andrews. Let me talk about the 12 week year for a minute because when I was, I'm going to say in the early 90s, 
Michael and Brian came to our agency with Guardian and they had a little pamphlet, which I'm going to say I still have, but I just purged everything from my South Dakota house, like 500 books. So I'm not sure if, if my wife reviewed it with me, I promise that it's going to come with me because I kept that little pamphlet because it just was impactful to me. It totally made sense. And at the time they called it periodization made sense to me. It, it, um, um, like anything else. And one of the reasons that I'm not trying to build this big, um, uh, wealth planning firm anymore is trying to get other people to implement things is a lot harder. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I coached football, baseball, and wrestling for a, a long time, but I'm just not very good at coaching adults because when they don't do what they're supposed to do, then I just uh, have no patience for them. But um, when, w- from a, from a performance standpoint, like building an organization, you know, I'd rather work with clients that be like, they want something and help them figure it out, I guess. And that's coaching too, mm-hmm. but it's coaching them to change their lives and they have to be a participatory or, you know, they have to, it's a participatory sport. Sometimes when you build a company or a firm, you know, people think that they're signing up to have a job. And, um, and I did that for a long time, about 15 years of building in a building firm. And that, that I, it's kind of like the sales for you. I figured out that I didn't want to on a daily basis, care more about people's success than they did. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. It's, and, and I, I bump up against that in coaching too. You know, I unfortunately had to fire some people because I wanted their success and their accomplishments far worse than they did. And it's, it, that's not a healthy place to be in any relationship. And so again, kind of where we started this conversation, People start the coaching conversation thinking it's going to help them and then because they have to do that, um, but it becomes very evident then it's not what they want. And so they're not, they're not going to do the things that they, they say they need to do because they don't want what they say they really want. Yeah. So that's a huge challenge for you because, you know, when it's an employee and or like, you know, when it's somebody that says that they don't want to be an employee anymore, that they want to break away, that they want to be entrepreneurial. And let's say you're they're coming to work in your firm, like whether that's a, you know, a financial planning firm or whatever, like back in the day for me is. They say they want that, but that's really not what they want. What they want is they want the money and they want the security and they really don't want to take the chances or they don't want to have a fear of failure or fear of success or whatever it is. and and you're sitting there trying to get them to go down this one path, but that's not even really what they want. No, so I, I ask a lot of questions. So I think one of the reasons why I like Andy Andrews is because he touts himself the professional noticer. Yeah. And when people ask me what I do for a living, you know, and I, I try to explain what a performance coach is, I finally just kind of started telling people I'm just a professional question asker. Yeah. And so I ask the questions to get people to be honest. And once they read that level of honesty within themselves, then they can make the determination of what they want to do. And it's not a right or a wrong answer, Jim. If, if they don't want to go into coaching and they want to go back to what's comfortable, that's, that's not a wrong answer. Um, but if they really, really, truly have that big compelling why and they're just struggling with some implementation and they need some support along the way, 
they will take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. And part of my job is just to keep connecting them with, you're doing this because you said, and I fill in the blanks with all that, that compelling vision that they've shared with me. And if the actions don't line up with what they're saying, then, then I get to point back to that and say, you know, you say you want these things, but the action you're taking or you're not taking is telling me the opposite. So let's talk about that. What's going on there? Do you truly want this or are you just only interested in this? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a great place to kind of wrap up Kristen. And uh, because that's a great thing to think about and the audience, uh, you know, everybody in the audience, ask yourself, is, is this something you're committed to or just interested in? And if you're interested in it, maybe you just need to study it more to get committed, to understand what the benefits, whether that's you're going to break away and become a real estate investor or a business owner or something like that, or if it's back to our, our weight loss uh, analogy. Um, Kristen, one more time, tell people how they can get a hold of you and how they could set up this kind of uh, trial you know, to see if they're interested in coaching. So probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is just to call me. And my phone number is 517-974-1561. The other way to get a hold of us is to go to alignedlifepro.com. Click on the podcast link in the and show notes at the top of the page. Listen to the episode, see what resonates with you. And then send me an email at coach at alignedlifepro.com. Awesome. And for you out there in the audience that have been listening to Breakaway Wealth and want to break away, please hit subscribe on the, when you're listening to the podcast. And we continue to bring great guests like Kristen Tabbert to you. And Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Until next time, I'm Jim Oliver. Break away. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.